0: This episode of the e-commerce playbook podcast is brought to you by Parker, the credit card built exclusively for e-commerce. Get ready for this. You can free up cash flow and grow your business by getting net 60 terms on every transaction. You did not hear that wrong. Net 60 terms on every transaction. Go to getparker.com or check out the show notes to learn more. Hello, and welcome to the e-commerce playbook podcast. My name is Andrew Ferris, and I'm so glad you've joined me for another episode of the show today. I want to talk about consideration cycles, customer journey, customer churn, different points of where customers are at in consideration in their journey with your product and your brand and how to meet them in those spots. This is the kind of thing that I really undervalued for a long time. And I'm now seeing more and more all the time that it's really what the whole business comes down to. So in terms of your marketing, in terms of your customer acquisition and react. So stay tuned. We're going to get into it. I think it's going to be a really helpful episode. So I don't know if you think a lot about sort of customer journey and different ways that customers are interacting and considering your products and your brand and thinking really specifically about how that plays into your marketing in terms of how long it takes them to make a purchase, what kinds of purchases they're making, what their customer pathways are, etc. But this is just one of those areas that I think e-commerce has really matured a lot uh, especially relative to where it started, for me at least. you know, uh, I got an e-commerce about eight years ago, and when I did, there was so little awareness and there were so few tools to help you think about these kinds of questions. And here's the thing that sort of spurred this thought for me. Working between a few different brands in very different spaces, what I saw and what I am continuing to see is just very, very different customer journeys relative to different products. And there's no one way that customers do this. And that's kind of the whole point. Customers interact with every business, every brand, every product in some ways differently, though there are some general patterns and I'll reference them. But it really matters how those customers interact differently to how you do all kinds of different stuff. Like at one point I noticed that for Bamboo Earth, we were targeting, Bamboo Earth is targeting its advertising around one day click model of attribution. I don't know if that's still what is happening for Bamboo Earth, for Dave and his team there. But but they were doing that. And I wondered if that was the right way to approach it or not, because don't you want to see a longer consideration timeline than that or not? Well, you know, it may be, and I haven't looked at this for Bamboo Earth, that actually the vast majority of new customer acquisition does happen on a very quick cycle that people take the quiz, get their recommendation, make the purchase, and that's that. I know certainly a lot of it does. And so maybe that is actually the way you want to target your marketing is thinking about attribution, at least the bulk of it, well, recognizing that it's not the whole story, thinking about, okay, is that working or not on a one day level? If it is, then that's really the bulk of what's gonna measure my success. And what I mean is, when you're running ads, if the main way a Bamboo Earth customer interacts with Bamboo Earth, the main way, not, not every customer, but the main way is through a sort of immediate purchase of a product, the moment that they see your ad, click through, read your materials, read your site, all that stuff and then you know, within a day are making a purchase, and maybe there's an extra email touch point in there, you know, follow up after they've submitted an email address on the site or whatever. Again, Bamboo Worth uses a quiz, and so you're capturing a lot of email addresses there. Maybe it's the case that those customers, that if those customers are primarily buying that way, then what will ultimately determine the total success, again, this doesn't actually capture the total measurement of value, but what will determine the bulk of success, the thing you need to get right is that initial journey. And if you think about that problem, then what you have to think about is how do we make it so that we go from ad through quiz through landing page and product and offering so that and you know maybe immediate follow-up email so that that is as tight of a journey as possible because that is the way that a customer is going to primarily interact with the site, right? Compared to, for example, you know I've referenced that I used to I was working for a little while with a furniture brand that was selling more expensive furniture and I've seen this in some other places as well where You can go and look and see and clearly a large number of customers and particularly customers spending lots of money, higher AOV, are taking a longer time to consider their purchase. And that means that you need to think about the journey or I needed to think about the journey of those customers relative to that purchase moment really differently than just sort of an optimized one-click funnel like that, right? Again, you know, I've worked with a drinkware company, Simple Modern. I've mentioned before that you know, Simple Modern, I can see very clearly that this is not a long consideration cycle company, and I've, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but they're gonna be very much a one-click-and-buy kind of company. And so how are you thinking well about an ad, and not just an ad, but any other marketing outlets, whether it's search, or paid social, or influencer, or whatever, how are you thinking about how you move people through and give them all the information they need and a reason to buy right now, if that's what the journey is? Now, the thing that's really helped me most of this to start thinking about this and to see the differences in different brands has been the google analytics time lag report you can also see a path length report but i like the time lag report a lot it's in your google analytics you can get to it really really easily if you just go into your e-commerce reports it's under conversions multi-channel funnels if you go down that pathway at least on the old ga we'll see i don't know what this is on ga4 yet but conversions multi-channel funnels you'll see there's a time lag report and different ones of your and look if you especially if you're operating and working in different brands go check it and see how it changes from one report to another because it does typically change and it is typically really significantly different based on the genetic elements of your brand and so i started looking at and thinking about this issue and I tend to be a sort of metrics-y guy. I want to see something objectively measured. I actually tend to operate from the perspective that sort of subjective and experience-driven information is often misleading, that your sense of what is happening is not really always true. And that, of course, has limitations if I sort of discount people's experience too much. And that's a, a constant thing to kind of be relearning. At the same time, we all recognize that one of the great values of data is that data often tells us truths that are not intuitive to us. And counterintuitive truths and it, having data to support counterintuitive truths can be really useful. So anyway, whether or not there's sort of one that's more right or another, what I know is what my instinct and my bias is. And so I have to kind of go work against that. And here's the thing, when I have gone and thought about this a little bit more and tried to sort of get outside of just a sort of pure data focus to it, where it's like, okay, this many people take this long to buy a product. That's what the time lag report says, blah, blah, blah. I've started to realize like what that actually represents, this is so obvious, right? But what that actually represents is human beings buying products. And actually at the core of your business, that's kind of all there is. There's your products and your customers. And your business has to figure out how to, in financially appropriate ways, get those two things to come together in the right ways, right? And so thinking carefully about how your customers interact with your products via your website in a D2C context, like that really matters. Getting that exactly right really matters and thinking just about that customer journey and that path. If you can do that really well, you can do a great job with your marketing. And of course, different customers are accessing your products in different ways. I think about this all the time with the distinction between search and paid social. Paid search ads are, depending on the new world of Performance Max and Smart Shopping, some of that stuff, mostly, at least if it's true paid search, those customers, especially if it's non-branded paid search, are by definition in a research phase of looking for products that they want, right? So if they're searching for a product in your category, but not your name, let's say they're searching for, let's use my furniture example, let's say they're searching for sectional sofa, right? That means they specifically do not have a brand preference in mind for their search. And now your search advertising approach should be conscious of the price point you're at, the search term, and what that represents about the customer, who that customer most likely is based on past search data that you have, etc. right? So knowing that somebody in that search phase is doing something different than, say, somebody who is scrolling their Instagram feed and you pop an ad into the middle of their feed, that customer is interacting with your brand and your product really, really differently. And so you have to then go, now, again, there's no limitation to this because, of course, your ads are often being fed to people who are already in market for your product, and that's part of how the <laughs> Facebook you know, meta machine learning works and all that. So maybe that's something to be conscious of as well, actually. But in any case, it's worth thinking about. Another brand I've worked with is this, uh, I've mentioned before is this fitness brand, sort of niche fitness. And you know, they do an incredible job with organic traffic. And so they get all of these people and they're educating people constantly on their approach to fitness. And so their customer comes in with this. And also a lot of their products require a lot of explanation. Again, I've mentioned this before. So to think about that customer journey a little bit, what I need to think about is this person, this customer is coming in with a bunch of product education in mind or not in mind. And particularly if I'm advertising to a customer who does not have any of that product education in mind. Hey, I want to tell you about an opportunity in your business to double the length of your payment terms while doing virtually no work at all. And you could do that with your credit card with Parker, the sponsor of today's episode. Parker is a credit card created exclusively for e-commerce, which is why the great value of Parker is that they give you access to your cash for double the amount of time of standard credit cards. You get 60-day terms on a rolling basis on your credit card transactions instead of the standard 30 days with fees and interest and all that kind of stuff that you get with traditional credit cards. That gives you more time and more freedom with your cash to grow your business. Parker has zero fees, no interest, and credit limits up to 75% of your monthly sales, which is another way Parker was designed exclusively for e-commerce by giving you that credit based on your monthly sales. And for a limited time, they're giving new cardholders a $1,000 dollar sign-up bonus. It's a thousand free dollars just to put into your business. Go get that. So go to getparker.com or check the show notes to learn more. A lot of their products require a lot of explanation. So there is this inherent question when a customer comes into the funnel of sort of how educated are they? And because the brand is well-known in a niche space, people may or may not be having, and often are not having, their first touch with the customer from an ad. And yet, if they are having, because the company is proposing a certain, way, a certain method of uh, their approach to fitness, there's this mix of sort of exposing knowledgeable believers in the method and in the company, Two additional products and two additional programs on the one hand. And then on the other hand, there is an approach and there's a question of trying to convince somebody of the method in the first place. And it's interesting when you go look at the Google Analytics timeline report for this company, at least 50% of the revenue that comes in is coming in past what Google Analytics calls day zero, essentially the first touch that's trackable for that customer. And like a lot of these reports, higher AOV orders take longer. So there's you know maybe it's 50% of orders come in on day zero, but it's actually less than 50% of the revenue that comes in on day zero. So it's people who are making a quick purchase are probably returning customers who know what they want, are spending a lower amount of money, etc. cetera. So what that means is when I think about my advertising approach, I really need to be careful and conscious to consider who exactly I am talking to as best as I can tell, where they are in the funnel, how much education they need, all those kinds of things. And so getting all of that in your mind with some sense, and and you're guessing at this sum, right? There's only so much knowledge you can have here for any of these brands, right? So you have to project to some degree what you think is happening. But that allows you to then think about both the message and the offer at that stage. You're just not going to offer, to take my fitness company example, the first touch for these people to be like, level three educational products for them, you know, right? Like, even if it's high margin, inventory numbers are right, you can discount it, etc. It just doesn't make sense. You have to be aware of that. So for the drinkware company, Simple Modern, it's time of year is a really important factor, right? Because they don't just have drinkware, they have some other products. So back to school really matters. And, you know, who that customer is versus somebody buying individual cups versus something buying individual tumblers versus buying a, a water bottle for their kid etc and those may all have similar consideration cycles or they may not you have to maybe go look around and think about relative to certain products or to certain customers there's another element of this here that at ctc we've been making a big point of digging more into and are starting to build this reporting into Statless and some of that stuff which is is the customer in your customer file if they're actually a returning customer are they let's put them in three buckets a new customer sort of what you would call an active customer or a churned customer and you might also put sort of a middle group there like an at-risk customer somebody who's still active but is in danger of churning and what you mean by that is really just like are they still in the range where the most customers potentially reorder and if they are or a significant number of them are then you think differently about your marketing than somebody who hasn't bought from you in a long time and therefore you really have to sort of re-engage them now that customer who you have to re-engage may be particularly easy to get because they already know your brand and they like your brand they just sort of forgot about it and haven't bought for a while or they may be particularly difficult to get because they churned for a reason and that you know they're unsatisfied with something or whatever and so again as you think about marketing there you just think about the tools on hand and how you're going to reach each of them by the tools on hand what i mean is search shopping paid social email SMS, and then to layer onto that, the website, the kind of messaging, lander, and offers you put in front of all of those people, and how you nurture them through the knowledge and information that they need. At the end of the day, you don't want to just be having first touch customer acquisition all the time, of course. And so thinking about all of those and then building financial metrics relative to the value of each of them is a big deal too. And this is where the sort of LTV reporting comes in a lot as well, right? So somebody who's bought from their first time, you have some projection of their LTV. Well, that projection is just a projection, but once they've not bought again, they are now in a different place in that LTV cohort than they were when you when they started. So initially you could project, oh, let's say it's a, let's say over the first 60 days post their first purchase, I could assume that they're going to you know, 20% of customers are going to come back, right? And maybe over the course of a year, it's 50%. I don't know, whatever. So that's the projection. But at some point, you get past that 60 days with that group of customers. And when you're past that 60 days, you now have a sense of whether or not that customer came back, you know. And so how are you talking to that customer there versus how are you talking to them before? And if you can start digging into this in certain ways, you can start thinking about which medium is best. Now, again, it, it may be the case, at CTC, we've traditionally been fairly slow to want to spend money advertising to repeat customers. And again, here, there's differences for every brand, right? If it's a CPG brand with a consumable product, you run a pretty big risk, depending on the customer, of cannibalizing a future order by offering a discount on a present order. That's just the reality of it, right? If I'm going to buy a moisturizer, like take Bamboo Earth, in 30 days, and you offer it to me now for 20% off, I might buy now for 20% off and all I've really done as a marketer is moved a purchase up and taken less money for it, as opposed to actually generated incremental value. And this again, and this now is sort of the last layer of all this, which is to think about not only sort of what your brand, who your customer is, but how you're tracking all of that. And the thing, this, this is where it's like really helpful to not just look at total revenue, total ad spend, but to start to think about your ad spend, in particular, your ad spend, as it pertains to returning versus new customers to track the difference in new customer revenue versus returning customer revenue and think separately about that if you are close to those metrics in your business and you spend additional money or you or you put a bunch of time into additional, you know, drip campaigns or whatever. The email, SMS, you know, think about social seeding, whatever those things are that you're doing. Even if it's events or something, you know, in person. Whatever marketing efforts you're putting forward, you should be thinking about the target of those activities relative to where that customer is on the journey. So it's not just the messaging, it's not just the medium, it's also the measurement. Just put that in 3Ms for your messaging, medium, measurement. Boom. That's a callback to my old days as a pastor. <laughs> there you go. Three M's to be thinking about with how you're targeting uh, those customers, depending on where they are on the journey. To think about them in those separate groups, then allows you to think creatively about what's the right, each, what's the right version of each of those mes- messaging, media, and measurement for each one of those customers. If you can get that right, and start to break that down, what this does ultimately in the grand scheme is it does something that I'm a big fan of with problem solving in general, which is that it breaks down a large problem into a bunch of smaller ones. And then helps you to go attack those specifically. So if your revenue, you know, if you're trying to, if your forecast says you're going to do a million dollars this month, you know, you see the clear path to eight hundred thousand, but you're not sure where that last two hundred thousand is going to come from. Well, the way to break down that problem, right, is not to just say, okay, I need two hundred thousand dollars in revenue. It's to break it down into smaller problems and thinking about your customers and their journey and then how you approach each one of those elements of it relative to your particular brand, your particular customer, and their particular point on the journey ends up being the way to go solve problems like that and ultimately create growth in your business. There's some, some episodes I record where I think like, Andrew, all you said was just like the most obvious thing in the world. So maybe that was that to you, just incredibly obvious advice. And you just, you're just wondering like why, I don't know. And maybe you're already thinking about that that way. But as usual for me, I come back to things like this and I go like, goodness, that is really obvious. It totally is, but I just forget about it. I just easily forget about it all the time and run this risk constantly of sort of overcomplicating or over-blurring problems like this, making them into problems that I have less clarity about solving than I would like them to be. So hopefully that's some help to you, even if it's crystal clear. I, I mean, I always wonder if in business school, like somebody takes a class where they just give this to you, but so many of us did not come from business school background. So maybe you're learning along the way like me. All right. That's it for today's show. Hey, as always, I would love your feedback. You can rate and review. I read those reviews. I appreciate them. You can also uh, reach out to me. The best place to do that is on Twitter, as always, at Andrew J. Ferris, F-A-R-I-S. And so if there's any other help, if you have questions that you want answered on this show, I would love to consider them. Reach out to me there. Thanks, as always, for listening. And we'll see you next time.